Today's podcast brought to you by NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com is your central resource to purchase Nancy Pelosi Sucks Pens. Um, and really the only place that would, would ever sell them. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. Thank you so much, uh, our announcer. Thank you. For making Look, this is this this podcast is sponsored today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Good podcast for you to do today. Uh, I start, um, and it might sound like I uh, burst a blood vessel, uh, but I don't think I did any permanent damage in my monologue on CNN elites versus Americans. Uh, the pit of despair on CNN. And a warning never to ask me a certain question ever, ever again. Uh, also, cooking with bats. You know, why not? China is doing it. Are they better than us? Uh, we talk about uh, Alan Dershowitz, the the uh, Constitution on Constitution porn last night with <laughs> Alan Dershowitz. All this and so much more on today's podcast. In case you haven't been on uh, social media in the last 12 hours, good for you. Good for you. For those of us who watch it because we have to, let me show you what was on social media last night uh, coming from the um, pit of despair I like to call CNN. Listen. And obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane (laughs) next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, You know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one, and there are y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, your reading, you know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. <laughs> All those lines on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Only them elitists know where Ukraine is. Sorry. Let me just say this. These uh, rubes that don't know math, don't know how to read. Let me just say this to, yes, the elitists. What is an elitist? Somebody who thinks they're better than everyone else. What was that? A demonstration that you think that half of the country that voted for this president, half of the country, is nothing but ignorant, just dummies that can't even read. That is the pure definition of an elitist. Somebody who thinks they're better than everybody else. You think because you voted against Donald Trump or you don't like him, you are better than everyone else. Well, let me tell you something. These rubes, they know, they do know geography and those lines on that map. What are they? That one looks like Ohio. 
This one looks like Pennsylvania. That one looks like Florida. You know what? We might even be able to find our way on the map to Michigan. We might even be able to find Wisconsin after the Bernie people burn it to the ground. I am so sick and tired. We have to coexist. You know, it used to be that the day that America came together was the day after the election. But that doesn't happen anymore. Go back and listen to my monologue the day after President Obama was elected in 08. Go back and listen to it. He's my president now. He's all of our presidents now. We have to hope for the best, pray for the best, and do all we can to stop any policies that we we truly believe are damaging to our country. But we don't wish for his failure. What were your monologues during during the swearing-in, the day after the election? Get him. Impeachment. Get him. I so strongly disagreed with this this candidate, Donald Trump, because I didn't think he would do any of the stuff that he said he was going to do. And much to my one of the greatest surprises in my life, he did. What did I say the day of the election? He's my president now. And I have to do everything I can to help him make things right. I will stand against him when I must. And I will stand with him when I can. And he has given me opportunity to stand with him over and over and over again. Even though I don't like some of the stuff he does. I can stand with him because I'm a human being that can think. That spelled T I N K, I think. You were plotting this. You know why nobody's watching any of this impeachment? Because they don't believe it has anything to do with the truth. They don't believe that truth or justice. They don't even know what the American way is anymore, but they certainly don't believe that truth and justice is happening anywhere near Washington, D.C. or in the hallowed ivory tower halls of, yes, the elites that look down from their tower at all of the robes down there. Look at them. Look at them. I have not wanted to secede from this union more than right now. Do it without us. Go ahead. Do it without us. See how long you last. Grow your own food. Fight your own wars. Do it. You are so close to becoming the capital city as in the Hunger Games. Look, <laughs> look at the little rubes. They work for a living. Oh, darling, we must get you into some nice makeup and clothing. Really? Those are the real people. And even President Snow knew 
You needed them. You don't think we play a role at all. You know what this battle is really all about? When it comes right down to it, the State Department and the intelligence community and all those who think to themselves, and it's with every president, Republican or Democrat, I don't care what the president says because we already have a plan and we're executing it. And we've been here longer than any president. They come and go. Well, what are those people saying? We don't care what the American people say. It's why we vote over and over and over again, including a guy last time who said, I'm going to shut down Guantanamo. I'm going to stop all these wars. Did he? No. Why? Because he's not truly in charge. They give him enough. But he's not going to change anything. And this guy goes in, like him or hate him, he doesn't care. Oh, look at him. He said, why don't we put alligators down on the border? You know why he said that? You know why he said that? Because everyone around him is coming up with some sort of an excuse. Well, we can't build that wall because of environmental reasons, because of political reasons, because of international reasons. I want the country secure, is what he's saying. I want it secure. Now, I've come up with a billion ideas. Nobody in this room is helping me secure it. And the American people came, sent to me here. I came here on behalf of the American people who say they want their border secure. I don't care how you do it. Alligators. Put alligators down. If you geniuses can't come up with anything else, we're doing it. See, I I understand Donald Trump. I do understand the one thing that he does. Because I have worked in corporations my entire life. I have worked with... I remember them telling me back in 1981, I said, I want to go over to the Soviet Union. I want to broadcast from the Soviet Union. It's about to fall. It was 1979. It's about to fall. I want to go broadcast. Can't do it. 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 So I started doing it myself. And then somebody who had support in the company, they found themselves over in the Soviet Union. I know how corporations work. I know how the favors are played. I know how people are just like, can't be done, can't be done. I'm the guy who put 500,000 people on the mall in Washington, D.C. No, I'm sorry. I didn't put them there. I suggested it. And America responded to it, and you put yourself there. Everyone said, don't do it. Everyone said, you can't broadcast and do a restoring event from, uh, from Israel. Can't be done. Never been done. Right. That's why I did it from the temple stairs. The only Christian to speak there since the Romans. It can be done. But all of the people around, especially a president, all want to say no. This is about him actually changing the way things work in America. 
and you don't like it because he doesn't care what you think, members of the media. He doesn't care. How dare him call us the enemy of the people? Tell me what that action was. Tell me what that actually says to me. It says you don't care about me. You don't care about people who live here. Oh, well, we go into the middle of the country and we're treated like crap because we're in the middle of the country watching you talk to all of your friends and you're you're dissing us, calling us names, treating us like crap. Despicable. Despicable. You know what? Zucker should have walked into that control room in the middle of that broadcast and say, shut it down. Tell Don Lemon to act like an adult. And those two are not to be on this network again. Because the only ones that like that were the people just like them. The only people that like that were the people in the capital city. All the journalists, they loved it. They laughed. I've been in that pit of despair at CNN. I know who those people are. I also know how many people are there keeping their mouth shut. Because as inclusive as you say you are, you're not inclusive at all. You're absolutely inclusive of anybody who agrees and will say everything that you believe and say. It's despicable. So today, I just want to talk to all damn rubes. You know, the people who are paying attention to the news. People that, people that aren't watching the coverage of the impeachment because they're not rubes. They know that you think we are and you think you can say anything. You think you can tell us that a man can be a woman, and can have a baby, and we buy into it. Well, we don't. Period. We don't. And we never will. Period. You know who the rubes are? The ones who think we actually believe what you're saying. You know who the rubes are? The people like Brian Stelter. The people who think... Every time they can get on and just say, this is what really happened. This is, you know what, Media Matters, can we just talk about how the right just lies and can get anything on the news? Tell me about it, Media Matters. We're not the rubes. If we were, we'd be watching and lapping this all up. We know. And we no longer find you amusing. Here's what I want you to do right now, if you've not done this before. I want you to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. And I want you to subscribe to Blaze TV. We'll give you... You know what? I'm going to do it without the boss. Because this is the way Donald Trump does things. Because otherwise it just goes into committee. Today, I'm going to offer 20% off. Go to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn until they can get to the computers and change it. 
10% off right now. Change it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. I want you to join us. This is getting out of control. Totally out of control. How do you even... Do you know, I, I ran a... Let me see if I can find it here. I looked at all of the headlines today, and I wanted to find exactly what everyone was saying about last night. Did you watch the impeachment last night? I know it was really hard to because even Fox was breaking away. Everybody, I mean, can we watch the impeachment? This is the first time the president has had the ability to defend himself. Can we watch it? Because we're not going to get the truth from anyone. So go through the five major news sources today. New York Times did not have a single story on their front page that talked about Trump's defense. Everything in the top section was about John Bolton, which I'm going to get to next hour. The Washington Post led with Bolton and a few stories down had a headline. No description about his defense. CNN led with a defense story, but it was their typical CNN analysis lead where they basically said Trump's defense was just talk radio talking points. Fox had Dershowitz and Bolton in their top story headline. Politico led with Romney making his move, as I told you two weeks ago, Romney. We need a source you can depend on. We're building one here. We need your help. We need your support. And we need to remain in contact with you. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This John Bolton mess has, it's, it's, it's like an octopus. So let me just cut it off arm after arm. First arm that has to go. Do you want John Bolton to testify? If John Bolton has something to say, yes, I want him to testify. But I also want the whistleblower. I also want Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, if you have watched any of our specials, I don't care what the press says. They're lying to you. And so is Adam Schiff. This is not a conspiracy theory. This this uh, is about one point eight billion dollars that was just lost and it was fined by the State Department, by Joe Biden. They did everything they could to cover it. Next Thursday, I have the final piece. We're going to do one more special on Ukraine, and it's the final piece. And I went over it last night. We're still tying up some loose ends on it. We want to make sure we get it exactly right. But it, it, it will tell you exactly why all of this needs to be investigated. So, do I want to hear from John Bolton if he has something important to say? Yes. The whistleblower. Yes. Um, uh, Biden, Hunter Biden. Absolutely, yes. Do we need to open this thing up and just keep going and going and going? No. Why? Because the Democrats are on a fishing expedition. 
Now, let me give you two sides of this. One, I want it because I actually want the truth. But I also want that testimony so no one can say afterwards, Lord, they didn't even take. We had the witness of the century who was going to say that at night he takes a mask off and he's actually the devil. I want all of that laid to rest. Go ahead. Give it your best. They already have. But now they see another opportunity. The timing on this, which I will get to, it's another leg of the octopus, which I will slay here in a second. The timing is more than suspicious. However, let him testify. Let's lance this boil and really expose what the Democrats have been doing. And if he has something that is impeachable, bring it on. So far, everybody that's been promising, uh, oh, he's got something impeachable. Hmm. So far, nothing, nothing. Been three years, nothing. So I'm not afraid of the truth. On the other hand, you have to look at this as the president of the United States. You have to look at this as a court case. Now, the problem is this is a political case, not a court case. In a court case, when you win, shut up. If you win, no. Uh, I'm not bringing any new evidence, new witnesses. If I have a say-so, no. They're only doing this because we just won. I don't know what they have. I don't know what this is. No. But this is political. And that's why I say, yes, you have to. If this was just a legal thing... I'd say no, but I don't think, and I don't think, honestly, the president has anything to worry about. I don't think that John Bolton, what I've read so far from the release of the book, which is another leg of the octopus, which I will cut off next, uh, anything that he has said doesn't seem to me to be a problem. It's like everything. You know, Schiff was like, this letter, it said right there. I, I'm I'm going to give you money if you will just give me a bunch of bad stuff on Joe Biden. Remember, that's almost what he said when he was in Congress and he first talked about the whistleblower. Didn't turn out that way, did it? So I'm not really concerned about what the Democrats think they have this time. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me what? 875 times? I am a rube. Now, John Bolton and the book. I know John Bolton. Uh, I have always admired John Bolton. I've always known what John Bolton was, and that is a serious hawk. And that hasn't been the most you know, appealing side of him. He is a realist, but he is, let, let's, let me go back to what we used to talk about on this program a lot before people knew what progressives were, but the progressive party was started by the Republicans and Teddy Roosevelt had this idea that we not only had the responsibility, we had the right to go around the rest of the world and tell them how to live their life. That we needed to spread this thing called freedom. And while that's a noble thing to do, that's not the way it works. 
You don't change people's mind by going in and forcing it on them. You change their hearts. You, you lead by example. You leave people alone. But that wasn't Teddy Roosevelt, and that's not what the progressives were or are. Let me emphasize that or are in the Republican Party now. There are lots of progressive Republicans. It's why they say one thing to your face, and then they go back and they're like, wait, you're spending all that money? What, what just happened? Because they are progressives. And the, the idea internationally is the same idea between the Nazis and the communists. See, this is why the left calls us Nazis. And... And the right calls the left communists because pretty much they are. Now, I'm talking about the serious control freaks of those. The progressives, like Teddy Roosevelt, believed in a big state that could tell you what to do, who to have, who to marry. In one of the worst things I've ever read from Teddy Roosevelt was uh, a letter he wrote from the Overlook and where he was talking about how... You know, our farmers, they they breed our cattle. Why would we just let our people breed with somebody they chose? They believe in total control from the state down. That's why we have blood tests. That's why we have to go get a license to get married, because you can't just do that on your own. It came from the progressive era. Let's weed out all the imbeciles. So... They believe, Republicans that are deep progressives, believe in the same kind of control. But they believe in it in a national way. That's why nationalism, this is going to be Nazis. No, believing in your country is different than nationalism. Being proud of our country is different than nationalism. Nationalism is, we're first, we'll always be first, first at any cost. Being proud of your country is... Look at what we've done. This is really good. I'm not trying to jam it down anybody's throat, but this is really, this is exciting what we've done. And you know what? Um, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to screw this up. I don't, I don't want to interfere with anybody else, but don't let them interfere with us. We got to do what's right for us first, because if we're going to save people, we have to be healthy. That's the difference between a constitutionalist what I, what I call a patriot and a progressive nationalist. A progressive nationalist is one uh, step away from either um, communism or Nazism. If they believe a communist, uh, a communist believes in internationalism and a, and a progressive on the right believes in nationalism. But that's the only difference. Same things come. Same gulags, same death camps, same control. That's what happened with Germany. And what happened with Russia? One is, oh, how dare you just think about yourselves in Germany? We're thinking about the whole world. Shut up. International socialism and national socialism. That's the only difference. So take that now and look at the fruit of that. And come back away from the communism and the Nazism. Just filter that out a little bit and see what we're fighting what this, what this impeachment is truly all about is who is controlling the world, who controls the country, who controls you, 
and who controls the world. And the fight is between the communists and the national socialists. That's what it's that's that's what this fight really is at the end of the road. And it dismisses everyone who believes in the Constitution. It dismisses anybody who believes in, you know what, I don't care what you call yourself. I'm not going to call you a happy butterfly because you're not. But if you want to call yourself a happy butterfly, that's fine. Oh, men have babies too? No, they don't. But if you want to believe that, that's okay. It's going to come with some consequences because you're living in a fairy world. You're, you're living a fairy tale. No. But if that's who you are, that's fine. That's where people used to be in America. Now, not everybody was like that. A lot of people on the right and a lot of people on the left wanted to force you into their point of view. When George Bush told me um, personally, don't worry, Glenn, whoever sits behind this desk, doesn't matter who they are, are going to make the almost the same exact choices that I make overseas because they will realize they don't have any choice, really. The president's hands are tied. Well, who tied those? I don't believe that a president or my hands or your hands are tied on anything. Every day we can start over. Every day we can change our life. Every day, the United States can decide, you know what we've been doing for the last hundred years with this progressive nonsense doesn't work. Every time we interfere in somebody else's country, it seems to go awry. It seems like we're on the losing end. No, I don't agree with this anymore. And that's what this impeachment is all about. So some people are saying that John Bolton is just greedy. Hmm, maybe, maybe. Let me tell you how the book world works. Let me tell you what really happened, in my opinion, on this book. And tell you why John Bolton, I think, is fine with this release. And why he should be ashamed of himself. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. All right, so, Stu, I had a problem with this tweet last night. Um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, It is inaccurate. Uh, I know the human race can eat anything they want, but does that really mean that you can make a effing soup out of a damn bat? Uh, well, hmm. okay. Uh, the effing bat caused Ebola, Corona, rabies. It might cause even more diarrhea. You know, the people who are eating bats, you should know you'll die from some new ass plague. Well, I just, I, I, I took uh, umbrage on this uh and i wanted to correct because um you know he said you can't make bats into a soup and and yeah we can we can you you can make bats out of a soup uh yeah but you can't make a cake 
out of a bat. You make a cake to look like a bat, but I've never seen any recipe that would call for bat in your cake. You could add bat, but that's just a yeah a cake with bat meat in it. This is a soup that would be the basis of the soup would be the bat, and I think you can make that. Well, I think that's how the coronavirus started. Started yes. uh, someone Delicious actually having bat soup. bat soup. Now, is it right. mm-hmm. question? Do I have to throw out the bat soup I already purchased? Or can I? What's the expiration date? Well, we I, should look I, I into the batch. March on that. You have till March. Yeah. I think you're safe. If you have bat soup now in your kitchen, is it unopened and refrigerated? It's, if it is, it's it's it is op- It's not uh, opened yet. It's not um, open. It's just a can of bat. It's soup. just a can of bat soup. Yeah, you're fine. But I did purchase it from China oh. uh, about a week ago. Okay, I'd throw that one away then. Yeah, I'd throw that away. If it's been in your it's cupboard a- for <laughs> six months or so, I think you're fine. Then you're fine. Yeah, okay. but throw away your bat bat soup. But now what, how if you, you... want to make it, mm-hmm. I mean, you make it fresh, I would, first I would boil the bat to get the skin to come off, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And you'd cut the wings off, mm-hmm. take out the eyes to get the guts out, and then just throw it into some boiling water, and uh, and then just, you know, scoop the skin out, mm-hmm. and then uh, get rid of the, the fangs and uh, and the feet, and then just, just fillet, or just, it really should just fall right off the bones. So then you have that, then just chop it up, then put it into like uh, some, you know, a hot skillet and uh, put some onions and some garlic and maybe some celery in there. A skillet, okay. Uh, and then just, you know, just, just fry that up a little bit, uh, brown it, uh, and make sure you get all the, the bat scrapings off the bottom of the pan Ugh. as you're pouring in. Like I would use chicken stock, maybe beef is better. Uh, but I think chicken stock would probably because they bird. both they had both birds kind of in a way. <laughs> Not really, you know? but they both have wings. <laughs> they both fly. Well, right. one doesn't, but the other one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I would use chicken stock and just let that thing simmer, uh, you know, for a few hours. And when you get home, let it reduce uh, so you get all that bat flavor. Mm. So you think you're okay with a fresh bat soup right now? You take the chance on a fresh bat soup. You just wouldn't want to necessarily import it from the area in china that's affected no but i could go to my local cave you know uh-huh. and get some fresh bats mm-hmm. and i think i'd be okay i think i'd be okay um i have pulled up here by the way an actual recipe for bats because <laughs> you're pretty you close i think you're pretty close don't you love, that's how you make soup man you know you uh-huh. by the way you can throw some noodles in that delicious with noodles a bat noodle soup yeah <laughs> bat noodle soup i like that yeah we should make this on the air I think we should make a batch yeah, of bat noodles. I mean, or, or another option would be not to, <laughs> not to make it. No, that's another. That's Are one of the two me? options There's available. A, the biggest country in the world is is making bat soup. What we're afraid? And we can't keep losing to China. Yeah. I mean, we keep losing we to China. They've to got make all bat the soup. We should be making bat <laughs> soup in giant and in batches and sending it over to them. Not to mention all these new diseases come from China. Where are we? Right. We're never creating the new diseases. Right. You know, occasionally somebody will take a flight from, you know, from China over here. Mm-hmm. But that's just us importing uh, our new diseases. Bad, bad. That's all that's happening. Right. And why, don't we, why aren't we leaders in this country? Anymore? Well, that could be part of our, our bat soup campaign. That could be. Start making your own bat soup. Oh, I think that's good. Here, here's right. how you make bat soup. Mm-hmm. First of all, three to four fruit bats. Okay. All right. Well washed. <laughs> Good idea. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, but neither skinned nor eviscerated. Ah. Okay. Okay, so you just cook them with the guts and the skin. You're just washing it and you're just popping it in there. Oh, that sounds good. I don't, I, I never, don't even, I'm not even creeped out by the idea 
of washing a bat. You know what I mean? That's really creepy. Yeah. Are bats hairy? What'd you say? No. No hair? Well, yeah, like I a, think there is belly, a little. Maybe? Yeah. We should, have you ever seen the, we opened up the, 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 the side of our house. Mm-hmm. They got into a crack and they went from the wood siding on the house yeah. in between. Stu, it was the creepiest damn thing. There were thousands of them. It was like the scene from Batman mm-hmm. when he's in the cave and they just all, as a kid, that was me. La! It was crazy. I have to show you the video. I'll post it. I'll that post it. That sounds horrific. It's horrific. There is a... Uh, but I think they do have hair. I've never gotten that close to them for right. very long. Now I have. Oh, you have? Because there, well, at least there's a, there's a story in my family that when I was a child, I was bitten by a bat. Uh, sitting in the in the backyard, boy, that's plain. But it explains a lot. a lot, like you know, because you, you watch the Twilight movies, all those mm-hmm. guys that look like really like sexy, and you could see that they based it off me clearly in some way. Maybe not. That's ex- not the. That's no. not, not the exact <laughs> name, but like yeah. the basic storyline of just sexy yeah. guy gets bit by bat. That no. I mean, it's my story. Uh, no, you know, I don't think almost, so. Like, but almost identical. Anyway, the bat soup. So bat soup, three to four fruit bats, well mm-hmm. washed, but neither skin nor eviscerated. Water. Course. Easy. One tablespoon of finely sliced uh, uh, fresh ginger. Ooh, ginger. That's gonna be you a little. It's gonna be a little spicy. spicy. Get a little yeah. kick yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. One large bites back. <laughs> that could be a slogan the bat, for it. That bites the, back. The, the, yeah, the bat soup. It bites back. <laughs> I like that. That's like the alternative of you biting the bat, which doesn't doesn't work exactly. But one large onion, <laughs> quartered. So you don't quarter the bat, but you do quarter the what onion. What I like about this recipe is I'm just thinking when you bite into the bat, it's like a it's like a donut with fruit filling, you know? Um, it just mm. No. Okay. It's like a, it's like, a, it's like a jelly donut is what you're <laughs> Okay. So garlic and lots of it. Sure. Is, yes. Yeah, garlic. Yeah. Lots, lots of, of garlic. It. It's just a, yet another reason you're not going to want to kiss someone right. after they eat like that gar- soup. Like, take all of Italy yeah. and put it into the soup. <laughs> sea salt to taste. I'd imagine a lot of sea salt. Yeah, the imagine. ocean. Mm-hmm. So you take mm-hmm. Italy and you boil it in the ocean. You throw four fruit, fruit bats in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be delicious. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. Uh, chopped scallions. Mm-hmm. Soy sauce and coconut milk. Ooh. It's an interesting little. It's gonna be a little creamy soup, Ooh, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little creamy soup there. There's a bat head floating around <laughs> there, but okay. Oh, this <laughs> is serious. This recipe. is a serious. Wait, wait. I and here it comes. Hold on. Let me give yeah. you how to make it. Because mm-hmm. the end of it, you're not gonna believe. Oh, man, that's so close to <laughs> Okay. Place the bats in a large kettle, add water to cover, ginger, onion, garlic, and salt. <laughs> so don't be. I'm, I'm serious. This is not a bit where I'm throwing water in a garbage can. Be very careful. <laughs> You're on the borderline just, already? I'm on the borderline. This is so gross. No, this is not going to gross you out, I promise. Okay. Bring to a boil and cook for 60 minutes. Strain broth into second kettle. Take the bats... <laughs> Skin them and discard the skin. Well, that's a good step. I feel like (laughs) we're starting to discard stuff. I feel like that's a good step. Any discarding in this recipe, I'm for. Mm -hmm. Remove meat from the bones Mm. and return meat and any of the viscera that you fancy to the broth. Now, you might say, what's viscera? Just give you the definition. I, I know what viscera is. The You're internal organs and it. main cavities of the body, uh, especially uh, those in the oh, abdomen, oh, like the intestines. 
Okay, so how much do you want to keep in there? That's up to you. Oh, I want you to know. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Any level of intestine usage mm. you want to make in this soup. I don't know why. Is- I can do this to animals. I can do this to birds. I can do this to chicken. I can do this to fish. A bat just, oh, boy, a bat just makes me sick. Really? Yeah. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point that China should learn. Bats make you sick. <laughs> That's a good lesson. They should put a billboard or two up. Yeah. Don't eat the bats. <laughs> so you heat it. You serve liberally sprinkled with scallions and further seasoned with soy sauce and or coconut cream. It makes four servings. But here's the, here's the kicker. Where does this come from? Of course, the New York Times Natural Foods Cookbook. From Gene Hewitt in 1971. Oh, my. So who's the real cause of this coronavirus? Oh. The New York Times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, did did you watch the impeachment at all last night with uh, Alan Dershowitz? Yeah, uh, some of it. Yeah, he, I mean he's he pretty was effective. Uh, it's funny now how the process has begun, where now Alan Dershowitz, who's been a very liberal lawyer uh, and has been favored by the media forever, now has turned into a, a he's a celebrity attorney. He is he's no constitutional expert. He's a defense attorney. I mean, you know, this guy is it's not, crazy. he's not in the circles of intellect that we respect. Really Alan Dershowitz Harvard? is in Harvard. It's unbelievable what he they're trying to do to this guy. Harvard, he was the, he was tenured, I think at 24 at Harvard. He was the youngest tenured Harvard pe- uh, teacher ever. And he started talking about how, oh, it's, I just like to say hello to all my students that are here today. In, in the, the Senate? In the Senate. Yeah. I Several mean, of them. So this guy has tons of credibility. I will tell you that I've, I've. Except for the O.J. Simpson trial, uh, I've always liked uh, Alan Dershowitz. I've always find it, uh, found him to be credible, even during, he just pissed me off during the Alan Dershowitz yeah, he's, trial. And he's always interesting, right? Yeah, he's, he's always certainly very good at what he does. You don't just dis- dismiss Alan Dershowitz. So he comes on last night, and I swear to you, uh, it was like I haven't heard that much talk about the Constitution in a thoughtful way. It, it, coming out of Washington, I don't think ever. I mean... It was real deep constitutional. I kept thinking about Mike Lee and and Ted Cruz, and I thought, I'm wondering if they're hearing, like, this kind of music behind Alan Dershowitz, you know? This isn't quite right, but we... It's like, oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) You know, it's... It's just kind of, you know... Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's and, like a slow uh, jam a little bit. It's got you get a little slow jam vibe. A little here. slow jam. I mean, it is Mike Lee mm-hmm. and Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. so it's not full, you know, Constitution on Constitution porn, right? You know, <laughs> can we not talk Stop about it. Mike Lee or Ted Cruz in this conversation ever again? Is that what in Alan Dershowitz? What <laughs> sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny though. Like, ding all- dong, <laughs> who is it? The Constitution. <laughs> Somehow we've come to a point where Adam Schiff gets praised talking about the Constitution, but Alan Dershowitz is ignored. He's just yeah. a, some yeah, celebrity. I know. I, know. I mean, you, you listen to both of their and I. I there's a there's a uh, 
there are constitutional arguments from our founders that can be made to support both the Alan Dershowitz ar- argument and, like, let's say the Justin Amash argument. Right. Amash basically, th- I mean, you, you look at the Amash argument and he looks at it and says anything that breaks the public trust is impeachable. Which is a very, like to me, very loose standard on on impeachment, where you can impeach almost anybody in office today. And here's where, here's how Alan Dershowitz dismissed that, and I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. He said they did not want a parliamentary system. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why we don't usually understand Great Britain is because at any time they can have a vote of no confidence. Right. That would be our impeachment if you could impeach on anything. Mm-hmm. But. You know, Alan Dershowitz was saying they they did not want that. And so the standard was very high. And it says high crimes. It says treason, bribery, uh, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So you think it should be something on the level of treason and bribery? Well, the way he explained it was, look, they were being very, very specific. Mm-hmm. Treason, bribery. Let's just say this. Uh, you know what, Stu? Um, finish, finish this grouping. Um, Kobe Bryant, Lou Gehrig, and can you put anybody else in there? Um, I guess it would have to be a dead sports celebrity. I'd have to pick another, right? Yeah, or or it could be Babe Ruth, right? Play- Magic Johnson, maybe, maybe because it would be in the sports, but it'd be in live. sports, mm-hmm. and it would be somebody who had disease uh, or was was defying death. Or you know, mm-hmm. thought was going to die. You could you could but make just that in case, sports, right? That, right. But mm-hmm. if if I said those two, and then I said Mickey Mouse, you what? <laughs> right. That doesn't make sense. Right. The okay. third one doesn't belong. So right. And so what they're saying is they said treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Didn't say or and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So. What are high crimes and misdemeanors? He said, you have to go into that category. So, yes, the president can be impeached, but they didn't want it to be parliamentary for a no vote just on political things. Mm -hmm. It has to be political of nature. He said, that's why I was against uh, Bill Clinton getting impeached uh, because it wasn't political. That was private. He said, but if it's if it's part of his job. And it's akin to treason, bribery, then he can be impeached, but not below. And he said, if there's doubt, the standard, according to Blackstone, the standard of of English law has always been when in doubt, you go smaller, you lessen the scope, you don't broaden the scope. Right. That makes sense. And so what. He's Erring saying on the side is, of innocence until proven guilty. Correct. Really. You err, you err, mm-hmm. and you narrow the scope if you're not sure. He said, but nobody here is talking about narrowing the scope. He said they're going all the way to what? He held back AIDS, something that a president can do, always does, and and that's actionable. It's not actionable. That's not treason. That's not bribery. That's nothing in that in that category. Yeah. And while I have always felt that you can you can get a president out for crimes, I think he's right. He went back to Madison's words. Uh, he went even back to Hamilton and showed how it is being misread. And I think he's right. Hmm. I mean, it's it's. I think 
separate from the constitutional arguments as well, I think it's just a more functional system, right? If you're throwing out a president every few years because the other party gets control, that's a that's not a functional government to me. That's mm-hmm. that you're right. It's very much like the parliamentary system in yeah. some ways. He said you have yeah. to ha- you a have to have a crime, and b I don't think that's true. I mean because that, because for example, like they, people have brought this example up, which I think is compelling. If the president of the United States decided to move to Moscow, just live there, right? Whether it's Trump, Obama, anybody, just live there. He's going to run the country from there. That's not a crime to move to Russia. Like that's not a criminal action, but you would we would not accept it. Obviously, we'd impeach anybody who did that. That's why you have uh, an election every four years. Yeah, but you're going to let the president run the country from Moscow for three and I a half think years. If the president. I mean, I think that's so extreme. It is. That, but that, what I'm that, saying is that you would have are... different problems on your hand if the pros- if the president wanted to move to Moscow. Yeah, but yeah. but the way you deal with those problems is impeachment. Yeah, I, I think. I, mean, I don't think. It, but again, I think that is on the level of treason. It's not treasonous to move to Russia, but it would be on the level of treason. When I think it, it's just as it, as it part applies of to the his job, job requirement. Right, as it applies you're, to his job, yeah, it's on the level of treason or yeah, bribery. You're right? not. Yeah, well, you're just not even fulfilling the job as president. The president of the United States has to be in the United States, cannot live in Moscow, period. Is that a law? No. I don't know. It's no. a law, right? I mean, he, I, but, but I mean, there's a hundred examples yeah. of this. It, let's say he, every single cabinet person, uh, uh, every single effect in his cabinet, he, he only hires his family members. Like, that's not a law to hire a family member. Obviously, his, this president has hired family members, but it would be really, really bad if every single person in the cabinet was one of his family members, some of which were not at all qualified for what they were doing, right? Like, there are lines here where— you- I don't think that would be impeachable. I think that would just set the country on fire, and he would resign because he would have zero that. support. I, yeah, I mean, I—, I Now, if he was—if the, all the families were getting rich off of it— yeah, but I think Congress would just shut all of that down. But they they, there's just... plenty of ways to get rich from your from your government status without breaking the law. There's yes, tons there, of there of are reasons. there are. But if if the president was let's just say putting all his family, nobody else but his family was in the cabinet, and I mean you're going really. I I, I understand these are just general examples, but I mean mm-hmm. obviously there are things that the president can do mm-hmm. that are not technical crimes. That would elicit this sort of reaction from the guy, you know, I mean, and I think like that's a that's a that, that doesn't mean anything about Donald Trump because these things aren't anywhere close to that level. Right. Correct. There is a theoretical level you can get to that level should be high. And that's why I'm, I would argue more for the Dershowitz standard than the Amash standard. Mm-hmm. You need this level like to oh, to take a president who was elected out of office has to be an incredibly high bar. And look over the history of the country. It has been. Right, there, it's only happened three times, and it has happened approximately zero times where they've actually removed him. Zero times. So, of all the actions of all the presidents in our entire history, we're to believe that this phone call is uh, the worst is the thing. one thing we should throw somebody out of office for. Mm-hmm. To me, that is just completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. That doesn't mean that you you have to love the action. It doesn't mean that you have to think Donald Trump made a perfect phone call. But you do have to put it in perspective of this would be the world's superpower removing its leader for the first time in its entire history over what you think 
may have been something where he was asking for an investigation, which I still can't get anybody to explain to me how, if he got this Zelensky guy that nobody knew as of a few months ago, other than he was a comedian who was, I think a comedian was Mm -hmm. elected president of Ukraine, Mm -hmm. to get that guy to announce an investigation, what impact at all that would have actually had on the election? No one would have cared. The media would have completely ignored it, as they always do when there's an inconvenient fact Mm -hmm. for Democrats. Mm -hmm. So they would have just ignored this anyway. So the idea that this is the thing of all the presidents that's going to change the 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 way our uh, system has been handled for 200 years when I need Nina, I, I might remind you that in nine months you all have an impeachment vote. You can all go out and impeach Donald Trump in November. So with that on the line, and it's never happened in history, this is the one time this is supposed to happen. It's completely ridiculous. And that's why Dershowitz was making the point last night. You will have a parliamentary system. If you okay this, if you vote for this because of this, you will have a parliamentary system because you will have set the the level so low Mm -hmm. that you could now, just because we have control of the House of Representatives and we don't like what the president is doing, we can move to impeach and make a case. And if we can get the Senate to go along with it, if we can just get a few people to move, well, then we got it. It can't be for this, especially right up next to an election. And, you know, I want to say one more thing on this. They said that the reason why they have to do this now and there's pressure mounting, we've got to move quickly, is because this president is undermining the next election. How? Can you give me any evidence of that? You say that's what he was doing in Ukraine, but you caught him. So is he still doing something? What is he doing? How do we know? Right. I mean, unless you're part of Minority Report and you're all mind readers, what exactly is he doing now to undermine the next election? You are undermining the next election by teaching everybody on the left that it's okay to say without any evidence, you can't count on this next election because he's going to throw it. If he still is in office, he's going to throw it and you can't count on it. Predictive crimes. Right? Yeah, predictive crimes. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.